Sermon number 648, Genesis 12, Revisited. Preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, May 27, 1973. Memorial Day Sunday, the Bethel graduation and the recognition of the high school seniors. I would like to take this opportunity to express my personal appreciation to the membership of the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown for the recognition and this beautiful doctoral robe which you gave to me last week through the session of this church. Its chevrons beautifully display the honorary degree that was conferred upon me by my alma mater, Grove City College. And I assure each and every member of this church that whenever and wherever I wear this robe, I shall do so remembering the honor, the glory, and the love it symbolizes. And also I would like to thank those church members, those members of the community and members of the radio congregation who took the time to personally write a note or letter of congratulation. I wish I had the time to respond individually to each one of those letters. But believe me, they are placed in a permanent file and their messages are permanently engraved upon a very happy heart. I thank you for joining with me in one of the greatest mountaintop experiences of my life. Now, join with me please as together we hear the word of God from a very familiar passage as once again we, we revisit Genesis, the twelfth chapter, the first three verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to that land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse. And by you all the families of the earth will bless themselves. Nineteen months ago I preached a sermon on that text and tried to the best of my ability to explain how a 75-year-old man by the name of Abram found out two important facts in life which every living person desires but which far too few possess. He was able to find out who he was. 
and why it was that God created him to live on life. You see, he had the blessed assurance that his life was blessed. And he had also the conviction that his life was blessed so that he could become a blessing to other people. And the thesis of the Bible is simply this, that unless you know who you are, a tremendously blessed individual, and know that God has instructed you with a mandate that you ought to become a blessing to other people, then you will never really become the person God created you to become, and you will never find the destiny for which your life has been created. Abram found that destiny. He found it because of three things. He found it because he heard the word of the Lord. He found it because he understood some of those words of the Lord that he heard. He found his destiny because in obedience he followed those words of the Lord which he understood. And as Hebrews, the 11th chapter, tells us about this father of our faith, it tells in retrospect that Abram went out in faith, knowing that he was blessed to be a blessing. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He sojourned in the land of promise, looking for that city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And we are a part of the tradition which began with a man who from the word of God found out who he was and what he was to do in life. That was basically the sermon. And three nights later, which perhaps may be as future history unfolds, proved to be one of the most important nights in the life of the history of this church. Almost all of the 180 pre-registrant adults gathered in this very sanctuary for the first lesson of what we know as the Bethel Bible Series. That was a great night. I'll never forget that night. You know, Bethel didn't come easily to Bakerstown Church. Some of you were on the board at that time. You know that it came only after a tremendous struggle. How ironic. It was just four years ago this very month where in the committee rooms and in the later session meeting of that month, the ruling elders at that time wrestled with the particular question as to whether or not, as wise stewards, we could invest the $750 necessary in a program that really not 
any one of us knew too much about and which seemed to demand so much discipline on the part of both pastor and people. We discussed at great length, and finally then that session, like Abraham of old, went out in faith, not knowing where it was going to lead us. But we went and we were living to dwell in the land of promise. That summer I spent two weeks in Madison, Wisconsin, and sat under the teaching of the most creative, communicative, consistent teacher that it has ever been my privilege to know. The following January we began phase one of the Bethel series, and with 19 faithful members of this church, we began to meet weekly for steady, and for 58 Wednesday nights, for two and a half hours every session downstairs in the colonial room, we worked and we worked hard together. In between sessions, these faithful students spent anywhere from 10 to 20 hours a week in private study. And then 19 months ago, October 24, 1971, in a worship service, we recognized those 19 graduates as being accredited teachers of the Bethel Bible series. And then six of those teachers were chosen, each to have a class of 30 adults, and they began teaching the first semester of Bethel. In the meantime, we have started five new classes. We've had 11 classes going this past semester, but last Wednesday night, the last night of this current semester, 114 persons of the original 180 completed six semesters of study or 42 weeks of Bethel Bible study. It was a great night at the reception which followed, and it's a great day today because we are going to recognize those students as we award them with a certificate of completion. Now, I know not all of you were at every class, though some of you had perfect attendance. And I know some of you were not too faithful in your study, but I know this, that if you were here even part of the time, you heard the word of the Lord. And I'd venture to say that some of you in that 42-week period, you heard more of the word of the Lord than you had ever heard prior in your life. And under the faithfulness of these creative, patient, wonderful teachers, I know many of you have an understanding of the scriptures and its overview from Genesis to Revelation than you have ever had in your life. Because of what I see in happening in individual lives and in families and what I can feel in communication with some of you, I know that like Abram of old, you are trying to be obedient to the words of the Lord that now you understand. And it's a great day because of that. Because you see, whether or not you realize 
in being obedient to those words of the Lord which you understand, you are in the process of finding your destiny. It was not before, but after Abram heard, understood, and obeyed that he found out that he was blessed to be a blessing. And the wonderful dynamic thing that is happening in some of your lives, even though you don't realize it, is that today you are one step closer of knowing who you are and what you are to do here in life. And when this comes upon us, then we shall add to help to make this nation great. And by us, all families of the earth shall bless themselves. I don't think any of us can even imagine today the great moment that we are standing in history. This is a holiday weekend, but this could prove in eventual history to be perhaps the most holy day in your life. It's taken a lot of hard work. A lot of prayer went into Bethel. We couldn't have done it without prayer, without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we couldn't have done it without the preparation, the participation, the patience of some very wonderful people who are seated right before me. The six teachers, Pat Anderson, Paul Eckstein, Roland Hartzell, Bob Kennedy, Lucille Took, Lai Wooler. They are the very proud teachers who Wednesday night, I think, had a very difficult time realizing that after two years of work, they had completed this particular phase of their ministry. But you see, they are in process of their destiny, too. And in teaching, they found out even more what it is to know who they are and what it is that they are to be doing here in life. It's going to take us a little time, but this church needs it and deserves it. And I'm going to ask those teachers to come up here alphabetically, and they are going to read the list of their graduates. And I'm going to ask you, wherever you are seated in this great sanctuary, if you will come forward and receive your certificate of award. First teacher, Pat Anderson. Carol G. Biddle. Marcella Biddle. Mary Ruth Hodge, Churchill F. Cook, <coughs> Mildred Cook, Janet Eckstein, <coughs> Gordon Ewart. Earl E. 
Thank you. 